Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's June 27th, 2022. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, overactive. Active surveillance is the preferred treatment for most low-risk and some intermediate-risk prostate cancer. The whole point of active surveillance is to delay and sometimes avoid treatment and the associated side effects without forfeiting clinically meaningful outcomes. So what if we could give people a pill to delay things even more? If you just thought to yourself, why would I take a non-curative treatment on active surveillance, if the point of active surveillance is to avoid treatment, I would like to remind you that such questions often don't come up in pharma meetings. The phase two INACT trial randomized men undergoing active surveillance for no more than six months for low to intermediate risk prostate cancer to either continue active surveillance alone or to the addition of enzalutamide. 160 milligrams daily for one year. The primary outcome was time to pathologic or therapeutic progression. Median time to progression was not met, but over the epic two-year follow-up period, enzalutamide significantly reduced the risk of progression. That benefit was only seen at year one, where enzalutamide reduced the incidence of progression from 23 to 8%. However, there was no difference at two years, with an incidence of progression of 16% in both arms. Overall, 37% experienced progression on active surveillance, compared to 28% on enzalutamide. That's right, over a quarter of men still progressed on enzalutamide active surveillance, with a less than 10% absolute reduction in the rate of progression. The time to progression was quote-unquote significantly delayed by six months among those who took one year of enzalutamide. Over 90% of patients experienced adverse events on enzalutamide, including a 55% rate of fatigue and a 35% rate of gynecomastia. These effects usually improved after stopping therapy. The bottom line is, A year of enzalutamide for men on active surveillance for low and intermediate risk prostate cancer increases toxicity and reduces the risk of progression at one year, with no effect on progression after stopping therapy. Thanks to SURE, JAMA Oncology, 2022. Up second, compartment syndrome. What happens if you don't exactly follow consensus guidelines for spine SBRT target delineation? Consensus guidelines divide vertebrae into anatomic compartments. The involved compartment and adjacent uninvolved compartments are typically covered by the target volume. This study used SBRT plans from 283 patients with 360 lesions to compare recurrence patterns according to guideline adherence or deviation. The most common regimens were 24 gray in two fractions and 27 gray in three fractions. They categorized three types of deviation, 
Number one, incomplete coverage of the involved vertebral compartment. Number two, omission of the adjacent involved compartment. And number three, unnecessary circumferential coverage of the entire vertebral segment when disease was present in only one or two compartments. Overall, the deviation rate was relatively low, at about 16%, and many of those cases were treated at or before the time of the first consensus guideline publication. The most common type of deviation was omission of uninvolved compartments adjacent to the involved compartment, followed by incomplete coverage of the involved vertebral compartment. Local control was 81% at one year and 71% at two years. Targets that deviated from guidelines had inferior local control, 63 versus 85%. Other factors associated with recurrence were GI primary tumor, epidural disease, and extraosseous paraspinal disease. Even after adjusting for these factors, the risk of local recurrence was more than doubled with targets that deviated from the guidelines. The major difference in patterns of failure was a much higher rate of marginal failure in compartments adjacent to the involved compartment. Notably, many patients in both groups had failures that involved the epidural space. The bottom line is, stick to consensus guidelines when delineating targets for spine SBRT as there is a high risk of failure in compartments adjacent to the involved compartment. Thanks to Chin. Radiotherapy and Oncology, 2022. Up next, Tracer Race. Despite Pluvicto ghosting everyone since March, PSMA PET is becoming an increasingly important part of the management of prostate cancer. PSMA PET appears more sensitive at detecting metastases than its rival fluciclovine. However, PSMA PET currently relies on the radioisotope gallium-68. This randomized crossover trial demonstrates the non-inferiority of F18 PSMA. In fact, F18 PSMA detected a few more lesions than gallium-68 PSMA. Compared to gallium-68 radiotracers, F18 radiotracers have higher positron yield, a longer half-life, and a production process that may provide more widespread access to PSMA PET. In addition, the lower positron energy of F18 may provide better spatial resolution. Thanks to demand, European Urology, 2022. Up next, needs and induction. In 2019, a randomized phase 3 trial demonstrated that induction chemotherapy with gemcitabine and cisplatin followed by chemoradiation for local regionally advanced nasopharyngeal carcinoma significantly improved 3-year recurrence-free survival, taking it from 76 to 85%, as well as improving overall survival, taking it from 90 to almost 95%. When compared to chemoradiation alone, here, we have the final analysis of five-year overall survival, which remained significantly better with induction chemotherapy, 79 versus 
response to induction therapy was strongly associated with overall survival, which was 100% in complete responders, 88% in partial responders, and 61% in those with stable or progressive disease. In contrast, there was no difference in overall survival among those with a low pretreatment EBV level. Thanks to Zhang, JCO, 2022. Up next, escape velocity. How should we manage progression after ablative local therapy for oligometastatic cancer? This study applied the concept of brain metastasis velocity to calculate distant metastasis velocity in over 300 patients who progressed following SBRT for five or fewer oligometastases. The median distant metastasis velocity was 0.7 mets per month, and they classified less than 0.5 mets per month, 0.5 to 1.5, and greater than 1.5 mets per month as low, intermediate, and high distant metastasis velocity. Lower distant metastasis velocity was associated with better overall survival and a lower risk of widespread failure. In other words, when evaluating patients with initial oligometastatic disease for additional focal therapy after SBRT, those with a high distant metastasis velocity, such as greater than 1.5 metastases per month, have worse survival and a higher risk of widespread failure. Thanks to Willman, Red Journal, 2022. Up next, yet another large study indicates that digital breast tomosynthesis detects breast cancer at earlier stages than traditional mammogram does for women with dense breasts and high clinical risk of breast cancer. Thanks to Carol Lukowski, JAMA. 2022. Finally, the 1%. This expose reveals that 37% of all industry funding goes to 1% of medical oncologists, an elite group composed almost exclusively of leaders of national organizations, hospitals, editorial boards, and clinical practice guidelines. Thanks to Wright, JCO, 2022. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.